Mike Bailey. He's the director of research at FBB Capital Partners. Mike, good to have you here this morning. Welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Walk me through what your team is doing right now is the biggest risk to markets or perhaps what needs to be resolved if we're going to start to make a move back towards records. Absolutely. So I think what we're seeing this week is frankly some aftershocks from uh, some of the volatility this past week. We're coming off of a few, frankly, a pretty tough month in September where markets were up, you know, 22% a month ago, and all of a sudden then we get Evergrande coming in, and then here's over a, you know, some debt ceiling issues, uh, kind of really, uh, kind of jerking markets around. Uh, Friday, a nice uh, recovery there, and I think today again a little bit of an aftershock. Investors are taking a deep breath, took a weekend off, you know, what are we gonna look here at here? Uh, my sense is uh, investor sentiment is a little more to the downside, uh, unfortunately, uh, for those who are long. Uh, you know, I think the, uh, frankly, some of the macro concerns are really starting to stack up, whether it's continual supply chain issues or issues with commodity prices. The earlier guests were talking about that. So, you know, frankly, those are some themes we're looking at. Uh, I think we, what we're thinking is we could see, frankly, a battle of micro versus macro as we get here into Q3 earnings season, really heats up over the next week or two. You know, are companies going to continue to find a way to, frankly, outfox some of these macro pressures? Uh, we think there's a reasonable chance that can happen, but we're going to have to kind of keep an eye on trends over the next couple of weeks. I like that, trying to outfox the downside in the market. Uh, so, Mike, one of the things right now in these uh, risks is that a lot of them, one could argue, should be, to use Powell's word, transitory. We should be able to figure out the debt ceiling. We've done it every time we've come up against it. Uh, we should be able to, you'd think, at some point, get some fiscal stimulus, given how much it's been talked about. doesn't seem too much to ask. We don't know how much. But are there any non-transitory risks? What about the fact that the Fed here seems ready to reverse a long policy of lower for longer and more the merrier for QE? Absolutely. So I think the Fed is definitely trying to uh, kind of thread the needle between keeping generally supportive uh, policies to markets, but really not letting things overheat too much. We're basically right on the edge of the, the, the Fed kind of switching gears and saying, okay, let, let's pull back, let's take the punch bowl, uh, let's inch it back just a little bit. Uh, I think the Fed's done a pretty good job of that. I, I don't think uh, we're gonna see any you know, major sort of surprise or policy mistake where the Fed is gonna really um, kind of have a, a massive tapering immediately or you know, have rate hikes sooner than investors expect. I think they're they're really trying to find a, a middle ground there. So, I, And I think they're also also doing a really good job of frankly over communicating some of their plans so i really think there shouldn't be too many surprises we'll see what happens when the rubber hits the road they probably will announce something next month it may take action in november or december so it could be a little volatility around that but i really think they're trying to kind of lay out their their game plan let investors know what to expect so we've got a lot of these macro and policy things on our mind but what about the bottom line for companies and earnings is that a point of relief or is this going to be a stress point if big tech companies and growth rates and some of these needed tech businesses during quarantine it looks like a lot of those growth rates have peaked out what's the earnings situation going to play out in this market as Absolutely. So you know, I think I think for us, this is really a critical point. Now, we really think that stocks chase earnings. So you really got to keep an eye on earnings season. So the, we're going to get to a flood of data coming out is pretty soon. Uh, you, you may be right in terms of peak growth. Now, the question is, are investors going to focus on trend or level? So the trend is maybe not that great. You know, we had this massive uh, sort of earnings growth rates coming out of COVID. Those are starting to come down. So the trend is not that great, but the level is still very impressive. Companies are just finding a way to cut costs. Uh, they're doing that at the same time. Volumes are really going up. 
Um, again, kind of navigating some of these supply concerns are gonna be tricky. That's for some of the real world companies. Um, digital companies, they have no supply chain issues. They deal in ones and zeros. So you know, some of the Facebooks of the world, even though they're getting some publicity out there, but other online advertisers, e-commerce, uh, they're really doing a great job. And uh, I would expect some continued momentum there. Likely you're gonna see these companies exceed investor expectations, maybe even raise guidance. But uh, I think we're gonna see a little bit more of that strength on the digital and tech side, maybe a little bit less in the real world, where they frankly are dealing with some of these trickier macros. Hmm. Mike, uh, what's the best way to uh, navigate this without having to constantly go in and out? Uh, if you have to just pick and hold for six months or a year, as many investors do, uh, many also are trading in and out of these swings. But uh, from the perspective of long term, what do you think is a, a more durable approach sector wise, thematically? Give me some specifics. Absolutely. So I, I would generally kind of go with your uh, commentary there. I think it's important to really think longer term, be very careful making major moves in and out of stocks or sectors in the short term. It's generally uh, by doing that, that gives you more opportunities to do something stupid, frankly. So we really try to be consistent, you know, pick companies you think can really exceed expectations over a number of years and really try to, to concentrate there. So in terms of, you know, some specifics, so um, I mentioned tech and some of the digital companies doing well. I think you can own a lot of the big tech companies. Again, and frankly, looking at some of the valuations, uh, some of the, the top five companies really generally pretty reasonable. Uh, Facebook, uh, Google, Alphabet, et cetera, some of the others, again, looking you know, fairly reasonable here. A lot of growth and really not too demanding valuations. Uh, some other themes that we would play, uh, there's been a lot of stuff in the news with some of the um, COVID drugs. So we're seeing some of the vaccine developers take a hit. While at the same time, uh, you know, the, the new guy, Merck, is coming along here with a pill, mm. stock's really running. So a lot of things happening kind of in the, um, the tip of the spear for COVID drugs. We would actually pull back and think about some of the manufacturers, some of the picks and shovels. So there's companies out there, uh, Danher's one, there's a few others. I think that's a way to truly own some of these growth themes, but also play it from a diversified approach. So you're not really um, highly focused on something that can be a bit more volatile. You mentioned Danaher there, DHR. So your point is growth and maybe even some kind of tech exposure, secular exposure within the healthcare space, it sounds like. Absolutely. So I think, you know, within healthcare, you can own some of the traditional companies, whether it's a Johnson & Johnson, a, a Lilly, something like that. But I think also look, you know, look, look a little bit deeper than that. So uh, a lot of these life sciences companies, you know, Thermo Fisher, uh, Danaher, they're really doing a great job kind of spreading their tentacles all across healthcare and academic research, generating a lot of growth, a lot of recurring business. Uh, and oh, by the way, you know, some of these bigger companies, Danaher and Thermo, they're participating in vaccine manufacturing. They're also doing COVID testing. That's just a smaller part of the business, but there's a lot of growth there. So I think you can really kind of see some of that upside, but at the same time, diversify and not put all your eggs in one basket with some of the, the biotech companies. Okay, Mike, like the uh, specifics there. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Thank you, Mike Bailey. Joins us from FBB Capital Partners.